Welcome to the FCBC NYC podcast. We're so thankful that you decided to join us in this moment and in this season in your life. Our prayer is that this podcast will be a catalyst for conversion and transformation and that you will be inspired and renewed in such a tremendous way that your desire will be to be your best for God. Again, thank you for listening, and we're excited to see what is next in your life. We are an ever-evolving community of visionaries, dreamers, and doers who have been called by God to live the lives we are created to live, commanded by God to love beyond the limits of our prejudices, and commissioned by God to serve, called to live, commanded to love, and commissioned to serve. And here, here's how we like to say it. We live we love, we serve. This morning, family, I want to I touch back on a scripture that I alluded to a few Sundays ago as I was talking about Matthew 25, um, um, those verses, I was hungry and you fed me, not thirsty, and you gave me no drink, those passages. There was a story that I alluded to in setting that up. It's in Matthew 25, verses 14 through 30. We've come to know it as the parable of the talent. I'm going to read the story in its entirety, and then I'm going to lift up, highlight a very particular part of this narrative. So Matthew 25, verses 14 through 30, and it reads this way. And, I, and let me also say that Jesus here is talking about what the kingdom of God is like. If you can recall a few Sundays ago, this parable and the story before that of the ten bridesmaids is Jesus' response to what the kingdom is like, not what it is, what it is like. Interestingly enough, in the story of the ten bridesmaids and here in the parable of the talents, Jesus doesn't necessarily describe the kingdom, but he talks about how we ought to be and who we ought to be, especially if we are the ones who bear the mark of the kingdom and our glimpses of the kingdom. So I want to read that Matthew 25, 14 through 30 on today. It, being in the kingdom, it's also like a man going off on an extended trip. He called his servants together and delegated responsibilities. To one, he gave $5,000. To another, 2000 To a third one, 1000 depending on their abilities. Then he left. Right off, the first servant went to work and doubled his master's investment. The second did the same. But the man with a single thousand dug a hole and carefully buried his master's money. After a long absence, the master of those three servants came back and settled up with them. The one given $5,000 showed up and showed him how he had doubled his investment. His master commended him, good work. You did your job well. From now on, be my partner. The servant with 2,000 showed how he also had doubled his master's investment. His master commended him, good work. You did your job well. From now on, be my partner. The servant given 1,000 said, master, I know you have high standards and hate careless ways that you demand the best and make no allowances for error. 
I was afraid I might disappoint you. So I found a good hiding place and secured your money. Here it is, safe and sound, down to the last penny, the last cent. The master was furious. That's a terrible way to live. It's criminal to live cautiously like that. If you knew I was after the best, why would you do less than the least? The least you could have done would have been to invest the sum with the bankers where at least I would have had gotten a little interest. Take the thousand and give it to the one who risked the most. And get rid of this play it safe who won't go out on a limb. Throw him out into utter darkness. Let's pray. God, we thank you on this glorious day you have given us. We're grateful, oh God for how you continue to make yourself known in our presence and in our midst. Every day, oh God, you have a way of awakening us to a new manifestation of who you are. And we do not take that lightly. So God, continue to work on us even as you work with us, oh God, that your glory might be made manifest in our lives. We love you so much, oh God, in this day, this day, We pray that your word will hit the mark this day. And most of all, that we get out of the way and let you just do what you need to do to get the glory. We love you, God. We honor you, God. And it's in your name we pray. Amen. I want to read that last portion again, Matthew 25. But I want to just read from verse 24. The servant, given 1,000, said, Master, I know you have high standards and hate careless ways, that you demand the best and make no allowances for error. I was afraid I might disappoint you. So I found a good hiding place and secured your money. Here it is, safe and sound down to the last cent. The master was furious. That's a terrible way to live. It's criminal to live cautiously like that. If you knew I was after the best, why did you do less than the least? The least you could have done would have been to invest the sum with the bankers where at least you could have, you could have gotten a little interest. Take the thousand and give it to the one who risked the most and get rid of this play it safe who won't go out on a limb. Throw him out into utter darkness. Amen. I want this morning to speak from the thought, the danger of living a cautious life. The danger of living a cautious life. This parable that has been known over the years as a parable of the talents is one that for some may appear with a cursory glance to not not be the most pleasing of the parables that Jesus tells. As I alluded to earlier, this parable Jesus shares is in response to this notion of what is the kingdom? What is the kingdom like? And here in this parable, in the previous parable, Jesus gives 
Not so much what the kingdom is, but he gives images about our role we play in the process of the kingdom's emergence and unfolding, who we are. This parable of the talents, or as we come to know it, is one that, again, seems rough, but if you pierce a little deeper, you see why Jesus may have used this narrative, this missive, as a way to talk about the kingdom. Very quickly, if you look at it, here it is. Here's the servant, the master, rather, who, who leaves his servants in charge and the responsibilities of maintaining the land, and not just the land, but also the wealth of the master. Here in the Message Bible's version, it says it quite interestingly that, that he transfers what we call talent in maybe the more traditional narratives, and he actually gives a dollar amount. To one, he says he gives 5000 and to the other, he gives 2000 and to one, he gives 1000 And the scripture is beautiful because the one who gets 5000 it says that one doubled it, was able to turn the money that was given around. He increased based on what he had been given. The one with 2,000 did the same. He was able to double the money and was able to increase based on what he had been given. Interestingly enough, the story says that each was given according to their ability, to their capacity to handle what was given. I often wonder what would have happened if the 2,000 capacity person was given the $5,000. But it makes it clear that one each was given according to their ability, what they could handle. And the one with the 5,000 again doubles it. The one with the 2,000 doubles it. But the one who got 1,000, the one who got the least, given according to what he could handle. The scripture says that he just simply takes it and he buries it. Now, what is interesting in the story is that when you look back at the $5,000 uh, servant and the $2,000 servant, when they are able to take what they have and maximize it based on their capacity, they no longer remain servants. I hope you caught that. That when they were able to take what they had, maximize their abilities, and they were able to double what they had been given. In other words, they made more with what they were given. It said that the master said, well, no longer really you'll be serving. He said, now be my partner in this work. That's a subtle but profound move made by Peter said. Their capacity to maximize what they have been given, to take their talents, well, let's move more closer, their gifts, their abilities, to able to maximize what they had, they shifted from being servants to now the master invites them to be partners. Look at the insight that Jesus gives us, not necessarily on the kingdom, but our status in the kingdom. That when we who are given what we are given according to our capacity and our abilities by God, somehow when we're able to maximize our abilities and make the most out of what we've been given, we move, we elevate status, and we become partners in this kingdom work. Not just people who are considered the servants or the workers. But I want to look closer tonight at the servant who was given the $1,000 or the one talent. He took it. He hid it. Because he was fearful, he, he said the reputation of the master scared him, terrified him, and most of all, he did not want to disappoint. So he took what he had, buried it, and when the master returned, he dug it up and presented it back. He said, I didn't want to let you down. I still have what you gave me. And in his mind, he was doing the right thing. When he gives the master back that which he was given, says, the master is furious. He said, how 
could you live like this? Live life so cautiously. He said, you did less than the least. Because at least you could have just taken it and given it to the bankers. At least we could have gotten interest from it. But you did nothing. How can you live? In his words, it's criminal to live this way. It's criminal to live so cautiously. The Message Bible version hits hard. I know when I read it for the first time years ago, it hit me hard. Because immediately we began and I began to think of those moments in my life where I was guilty of living this kind of cautious life. Even now, as you hear me say these words, something in you may be reminiscing back to a moment in your life. It could have been in the far past or maybe the near past or maybe even right now. And you could call the moment in your life where you were a criminal, not because you had done something illegal, but in the words of Eugene Peterson's translation, criminal because you live life so cautiously. Living a cautious life is actually dangerous because you're actually hurting yourself in order to avoid pain. Think about that. Living a life so cautiously is actually dangerous because you're actually hurting yourself in order to avoid pain. Living life in the realm of what ifs. And when you choose to live this kind of cautious life, and let me just also say this, I don't mean being reckless. I'm not speaking of that. I mean trying to be careful and always playing it safe, as the writer says here in Matthew 25, playing it safe, wanting to be careful, not wanting in the man's language to disappoint, to upset. When you seek to live life so cautiously, afraid of repercussions that are not even real, afraid of what can go wrong, you begin to not only live in the realm of what's, what ifs, but you're actually making a decision to choose regret. I hope you hear that today. When you choose to live so cautiously because you don't want to disappoint, you don't want to let people down, you don't want to deal with what could go wrong, you start anticipating all the negative scenarios that could work against you, you're actually making a choice, a choice to regret. Why? Because you will always be haunted by the things you did not do because your fear got in the way. Haunted by the things you did not pursue because your insecurities held you captive. And you constantly look back over your life and say, what would have happened if I would have done that? What would have happened if I would have done this? What would have happened if I would have taken this and been this courageous and taken that chance and leaped, stepped out on face and took the leap and tried to do what I was even afraid to do? What happens when in that moment you live a life in the realm of what ifs and choose regret as a way of being? That is no way to live. I was told as a young man by a mentor of mine, he said, never live life in a way that you simply reflect back on all the regrets you have. That is a horrible place to be when you can look over your life and think about all the things you regret that you didn't do, you didn't try, you didn't go after, you didn't attempt, and you sit back trying to compensate for the regrets you experienced because you did not do the thing you felt in your heart to do. How many of us today know that reality? living life in that space. Look at the narrative. When the master comes back, the man begins to give this long 
discourse about how he played it safe. I took what you gave me. I buried it. I didn't lose anything. Why? I know you're a hard person. I know you can be rough at times. I know, I know how you are, and I didn't want to let you down. And so instead of taking your chance, I did the safe thing. I just buried it. Can you imagine what it looks like when your insecurity is so intense that you expand the truth to fit your timidity? I hope you get that. The man was a little rough. I'm sure he was. But, but, but he expanded it to justify his timidity. Oh, God, how many times have you done that? How many times have you looked at a situation that might have been daunting, but you made it bigger than it really was to justify your fear? You made it worse than it really appeared to justify your fear. Because instead of owning up to the fear that was really the reason why you could not move forward, you made the thing bigger than life to justify why you couldn't take a chance and live daringly. Oh, yes. When you live a cautious life, you have a tendency to expand the truth in order to fit your timidity. One of the other things that happens when you live cautiously is this. You overestimate the probability of something going wrong. Oh, I hope you caught that. You overestimate the probability of something going wrong. Listen, life is not filled with guarantees. Every decision and choice you make are filled with positive outcomes or negative outcomes or neutral outcomes. That's what it means to live. It means living with the choices you make and dealing with the consequences, good, bad, or indifferent. But don't overestimate what could go wrong because that's what happens when you live life cautiously. You overestimate the probability of something going wrong because your timidity and your fear and your insecurity is helping you make your decisions. And you stay within the safe margins, afraid to step out because you live a play-it-safe existence. Another thing that happens when you live life cautiously is this. You exaggerate the consequences of what might happen if things don't go according to plan. Oh, you exaggerate the consequences of what might happen if things don't go according to plan. Oh, my God, I know as you hear this right now, you're thinking even in your mind again of those moments that that fit you. You exaggerated the consequences of what might happen if things don't go according to plan. I hope you can hear this this morning. Here's another thing we do. When you live life cautiously, you underestimate your ability to handle the consequences of the risk. You underestimate your ability to handle the consequences of the risk. So what are you saying? One, you expand the truth to fit your timidity. Two, you overestimate the probability of something going wrong. Two, or, second, or thirdly, we exaggerate the consequences of what might go wrong when things don't work according to plan. And lastly, we underestimate our ability to handle the consequences of risk. All because we'd rather play it safe, be cautious, risk averse, not take a chance, not go out on a limb. Life is made in such a way that oftentimes life moves according to your decisions. Life moves in such a way that sometimes life is wanting to give you the fullness of it. 
But life giving you the fullness of what it offers is dependent on you crawling out of the hole you've constructed for yourself because your fear is holding you captive. Life is filled with all sorts of opportunities and and beauty and blessings and benefits, but often we miss them because we rather shrink back in our cautious living and play it safe than experience what is out there. Life is meant to be lived, not avoided. Life is meant to be experienced, not gotten around. And I know it can be scary because I've been in that place where there's so much possibility in front of you, but all you can do is think about what could go wrong. Think about the consequences of the plan don't work. I know what happens. You end up getting stuck in the place you were in. You don't go anywhere, and you live life in the safe confines of your limited imagination because you're fearful of what might happen if you step out on faith and do what you've never done, be what you've never been, go where you've never gone. And all of a sudden, when you get older and you look back over your life, you begin to mourn the opportunity opportunities that died on the vine because your fear was navigating your footsteps. Oh, I know it's not easy this morning to even hear that because many of us can look back at life and see those moments. But can I tell you something else I learned? Yes, I know what it is to live cautiously, but here's what I really learned. Then in spite of the insecurities that may be driving your play it safe mentality, the timidity, the anxieties, here's what I've also learned. As long as you are breathing, you've got a chance to turn it around. As long as you are granted life, you have an opportunity to go out on that limb. How do you do that? You start making different declarations instead of creating new excuses. I hope you can hear that. You start making different declarations instead of creating new excuses. How about you stand firm even in the face of your fear and start saying who you will be and what you're willing to do. I read something by Karen Milana. She shared these ideas of what you can be willing to do in your life if you want to reverse the notion of living this careful, cautious, play-it-safe life. And it starts with your willingness to show up in a particular way and make declarations about what you're willing to do. Oh, i got to share some of them with you. Here's how you have to do it. The next time you are faced with this reality of the cautious way you've been living life, and you want to begin to overcome that fear and insecurity and timidity that are driving your decisions and helping you to avoid the opportunities that are there and being a partner in this space with God in a new and different way, declare some different things. Here's what you declare. I am willing to sound dumb. See, that doesn't sound like a lot. But what stops most of us from opening our mouths is our unwillingness to feel like we are not smart. I am willing to sound dumb. I'm willing to be wrong. I am willing to be passionate about something that isn't popular. I am willing to admit I am afraid. I am willing to apologize. I am perfectly willing to be perfectly human. I'm willing to risk rejection for the chance at something beautiful. I'm willing to be fearlessly 
passionate about things that others don't care about. I'm willing to speak my mind even if people laugh at me. I'm willing to make mistakes and own up to them. I'm willing to express the emotions of my insecurities or how I feel. I'm willing to dream big and live with hope rushing through my veins. I'm willing to try and fail and then try again. I'm willing to live my life the way I want. I'm willing again to perfectly live an imperfect human life knowing that my life is filled with mistakes and obstacles and hardships and I make choices that don't always work out. But guess what? When they do not work out, you try, you go forward, you push. Because the only way you're going to enjoy life is to go through this beautiful cycle. I live and I grow and I learn. Oh gosh. I live and I grow and I learn. And I continue to live and grow and learn every day. And every now and again, I'll fall short. But even when you fall short, don't stop living. Even when you make the mistake, don't stop living. You declare new things in your life. Because I love the old translation of this. When the master came back and spoke to those first two servants, here's how it reads in the beautiful language of King James. Well done, my good and faithful servant. You've been faithful over a few things. Now I'll make you ruler over many. Enter into my joy. I want to hear God say that. Well done. Thou good and faithful servant, not because I was perfect, not because I was always right, not because I never made mistakes, but I was willing to take a risk, take a chance, in spite of the potential consequences, I didn't live a risk-averse life. I was willing to move forward. I remember several years ago, a group of folk from FCBC went to South Africa, not our last trip, but before that. And when they came back, my wife and many others went. She came back and showed me a video. But before that, she told me that some of the folk on the trip decided to go skydiving. I remember what she told me. She told me after the fact, not before. And I remember what I said. I said, you waited to go all the way to South Africa to jump out of the plane? And I remember when she brought the video back and, and I looked at the video and... Uh, Everybody who went on the plane wasn't really excited. Because clearly, Reverend Lakeisha had some persuasive ways that day. I won't name those people, but they're watching. Because in the video, they didn't look too excited about the idea of jumping out of the plane. But I remember watching the video in its entirety. And all I could think about at first was, how in the world and why in the world would you want to jump out of a plane? But what I remember most is the joy and the smile on the faces when they landed. And I remember thinking, 
I want to experience that joy. Now, I'm not saying that I'm going to go skydiving. What I am saying is that there is some joy that you might miss. And you'll miss it because you forgot you got a parachute. You're covered and protected. You can't say you trust God and believe in God, but then be afraid to take a risk in life. You can't say that you have faith the size of a mustard seed, but you can't go up a tree and out on a limb sometimes. No. Don't live life cautiously. It can be dangerous. You end up hurting yourself in the long run because you'll then look back at life with filled with regret but while, about what could have been and what should have been. No, beloved. And can I give you this? Here's what I believe Jesus was also saying. God has given each of us talents, gifts. Don't bury them. Maximize them. Make more out of life than what you were even given. Live on the edge of possibility. Don't declare words like, I am the embodiment of infinite possibility, then afraid to take a chance every now and again. Because there's a whole world on the other side of your courage waiting for you to experience it. A whole world on the other side of your faith, your confidence, your bravery, waiting for you to get on that plane put on that parachute and fly if only for a moment because when you look back you'll be able to say I was afraid but I did that I was scared but I did that I was hesitant but I did that I did that Come on, beloved, let's pray. God, thank you on this day for the beauty and glory that you have filled it with. God, forgive us those moments where we just played it safe for the sake of fear. We didn't want to step out. We didn't want to push ourselves. We didn't want to challenge ourselves. Truthfully, oh God, there's some of us who are alive but afraid of living. Thank you for the reminder this morning that since we are alive, we might as well live. 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 And every day we should do something that scares us a little bit. Live. Thank you for this reminder, God, as we seek to honor you with not less than the least, but to make more of what you've already given us. Thank you for that amazing, 
responsibility. Thank you, God. This is our prayer. In your name we pray. We say amen. Amen. Thank you for listening to the FCBC NYC podcast. We hope that what you heard was informative and inspiring and in some way created a space for you to have a creative encounter with God. You can follow us on social media and on the internet at fcbcnyc.org. Please follow and also contribute. If you've been blessed by what you heard, support us financially that we may continue to offer these podcasts. Thank you again, and we look forward to you tuning back in in the future.